Welcome to Around the Table. Since most of us are not elders, there is a bit of mystery surrounding elder meetings, like the conferences and forums. Well, today, you'll be given an inside look from the perspective of a seasoned elder and a new one. And I think you'll be encouraged by what you hear. Without exception, our churches are asked to be prayerful each time the elders are heading off to conference. But many may wonder what these elder meetings consist of. So, what goes on behind the scenes at the elder conference? Greetings, I'm Dan Kilgus, and I serve the congregations at Remington and Valparaiso, Indiana. And I'm Lucas Frank, and I serve the congregation in our Livonia, Detroit, Michigan. Dan, many of us are familiar with the General Conference, as you mentioned, but may not be as familiar with the elder conferences and how it works. Do you mind sharing a brief overview of the two elder conferences that are held each year? Sure. Well, the two conferences held each year, the one is in March, which we still call Midwinter, and August, which is two days prior to the general conference. These conferences are attended by usually all of the elders um, that can make it. There are 64 I believe right now. Some of the retired brothers also attend, which we really appreciate. The uh, conferences are hosted by different churches. Some of the smaller churches host the the winter and the large churches for the summer as they also host the general conference. I believe there's probably 12 to 14 churches that are large enough to host the summer conference. The, uh, The March conference begins on a Wednesday and we call that day our special day. And there's also two days then, Thursday and Friday, of various administration and discussion topics. The uh, summer conference begins with two days, Wednesday and Thursday, of similar meetings, and then that's followed by the general conference on Friday. So typically, three days of meetings and discussions with several breaks that allow for fellowship and unstructured interaction. Dan, one thing that I found interesting was just the layout of the room. I've attended three conferences now, so I'm pretty new to all of this. I'm sure each facility is different, but from what I've seen so far, generally there's about five to six rows of tables where the elders would sit. They would be facing toward the front of the room, whether that's in the fellowship hall or sometimes it's in the large Sunday school room of a church when it's hosted there. Then there's a row of tables at the front where the elder committee and I think generally the secretary and a brother that would handle some of the audiovisual work would sit and they would face the the group of elders um, at the five to six rows of, of tables. The fifth year elder committee member chairs the meeting and keeps the agenda on track. Almost all of the elders have a laptop or tablet that they use for referencing materials or even for voting. Uh, Most of our voting is done online electronically to facilitate uh, counting ballots and as we uh, conduct the meeting. And then, of course, there's plenty of snacks and coffee to give us energy to keep going through those three days. I've been told that they do go through quite a bit of the coffee. Lucas, do you mind sharing what the special day looks like and what types of topics are discussed there? So, again, the special day is... uh, typically the Wednesday of our March or Midwinter Conference. And it's meant to be a time of personal spiritual reflection and inspiration with a focus of growth among the elders. In particular, 
looking at how we as an elder body can continue to help with feeding and leading the church. Agenda topics here are generally for dis- discussion. These are not voting type of, of topics that we have. The topics can range from things like a biblical pattern of Christ-centered shepherding to more doctrinally focused items like sanctification and justification. These can also be topics that are discussed at our January elder and ordained deacon forums that are held in January in Chicago. And they tend to be broader topics that need a lot of input and a lot of discussion. So those will be discussed oftentimes at our forums and then will lead into a consolidation of that discussion during the special day. Again, the goal for this particular day and these topics is learning and growing together rather than making decisions. I just have a a thought there, Lucas, on I think it was the first special day that I attended. Uh, It just happened to be that we also hosted the meeting here in Remington. And um, I, I heard the message that there was no decisions made that day, but I hadn't really uh, I didn't really understand what that meant completely. But like you said, it's a time to learn and grow and a place to think out loud. But what happened that day, one of our topics was what happens to the soul following death. And um, I looked at that ahead of conference and I really looked forward to, to getting all the uh, the detailed answers during that special day. <laughs> well, we had a lot of discussion and a lot of thoughts were shared and um and then the meeting stopped and we went to the next topic and I was kind of lost out uh, in my thoughts. And then I thought, oh yeah, there's no decisions made this day. It's a time for discussion. Right. Right. Yeah. It's been, it's been a real blessing for me, you know, again, being a, a newer elder that you can really learn a lot and you learn from each other. And I think that's a really beautiful, beautiful opportunity. You know, Dan, the other two days of the agenda you had mentioned in your opening contain a variety of topics, those, some of them requiring decisions and voting. Do you mind walking us through the types of topics that get covered during the administrative section of the conference? Sure. Um, Well, as we begin those days, a highlight of each day would be when we begin with a hymn. Uh, As we're in the room full of 65 to 70 men, it's usually a fairly tight space. But uh, when we sing that hymn and have our devotions, it's just a special time to begin. Some of the strategic agenda topics, some examples would be approval of minutes, committee memberships, voting and and approvals, those some internally and some nationally. The uh, corporate business meeting is always uh, a part of that. It's very brief but necessary. It uh, generates business for uh, filing the uh, not-for-profit status, but allows us not to share confidential information. Uh, There's committee reports that um, brothers share of highlighted items. And then in the binder that we receive, which is now all electronic, it includes more uh, detail of those reports. There's uh, along with that is a financial transparency of, of each committee. Yeah, Dan, I, one of the things you mentioned there about the singing and the, the devotion at the beginning I would echo that same comment. What a what an inspiration to start our day with spirited singing of a hymn. And I've I've really enjoyed that part as well. Dan, you, you did mention some of these committee reports. 
What types of committees are there and what do they work on? Okay, I'll, I'll mention a few and um, I don't know that I'll get them all, but uh, the agenda committee works on the uh, general conference agenda and, and also the, the special day. There's the elder planning committee, which works on the topics for forums. It, it sounds like a, a simple job, but yet uh, they also work in compiling a lot of the information from the forums and then bringing those reports back to us uh, as a body. There's the uh, elder teaching resource. We hear one of those many acronyms, the ETR, works on teaching resources for the elders and, and the ministers. Uh, the memorandum preparation committee, it's pretty well self-explanatory. There's a committee for sister church relationships, building advisory committee, and and then there's uh, others that are also needed and um, I may not have mentioned them all. But there's also uh, denominational committees slash boards, such as the Apostolic Christian Counseling and Family Services, Harvest Call, Onward Media, Gateway Woods, Life Points. And those are all um, reports that those individuals would bring to keep the elder body informed of the actions and all the many activities that are going on throughout our brotherhood through those organizations. There's also other parts of the agenda that are deeper and more sensitive, which may be personal in nature that need elder body direction, counsel, and, and support. There's one other very important part of the agenda, and I really appreciate this part of it, and that's when each individual brother has the opportunity for time in which he can share encouragement, he can share challenges, he can share burdens that are on his heart, can also ask the body for assistance or perspective for specific issues that he may be dealing with. And then in addition, there are a number of what we call priority items that are shorter, uh, shorter term in nature, meaning that we're working towards making a decision. And uh, Lucas, maybe you can share just what some of these topics may be and how decisions are made. Certainly. Thanks, Dan. So these topics can range in um, the, the types of themes that, that they cover. And some of the examples of this most recently are the topic of a new hymnal, um, Bible translations, as well as reviewing the statement of faith for clarity. They, these topics generally have a subcommittee of elders that work together to structure the conversation and build out the discussion frameworks that we'll talk about as a larger group. Some of them even have expanded committees of other brothers and sisters that would provide input and help and research on those various topics. Uh, these subcommittees would generally have one elder that would lead the committee. That elder would review the current status of the work that's going on or the project that they're working on, the initiative, and and then lead the discussion in the larger uh, group uh, at one of our conferences. They'll ask for feedback, comments, and questions, which sometimes can span across multiple days. They'll take those comments and feedback. Sometimes they'll be working on revisions to the paper that they're putting together that is intended to be read uh, as a communication to our churches. And sometimes they'll have to 
get together as a committee during our breaks or sometimes after the rest of us have gone home, these subcommittees will gather in the evenings to reframe the, the paper or rewrite the paper in order to present and get a vote of approval to move forward on the next day. You know, Dan, one of the real blessings that I've I've seen already is just to observe the interactions among those 64 brothers plus the retired elders that attend. You know, it's clear that we all come from different backgrounds and perspectives. We have different personalities, but there's always what I've seen in these first three elder meetings, a very clear and often expressed mutual love and esteem for each other. And so even with all of the differences, we are all united around our desire to to be united and bound together um, as our vision would state. And so that's been a, a real blessing. You know, clearly some of these topics are not simple and they do end up having a lot of discussion. And sometimes there's very different perspectives that are offered on it. And there can be some tension around some of these topics as would be expected. But what I've seen in the first three conferences while there may be tension around a, a certain topic um, because of our differences, I have not seen any kind of friction that's come out of it. And I think that's really beautiful and it should be encouraging. I hope it's encouraging to, to all of our, our churches. You mentioned about this decision-making process. And I believe one thing that has developed, and I believe it's been spirit-led through the years, is that as a topic is brought to the surface that needs to be addressed or thought through, those thoughts can go to the forums and be discussed uh, with smaller groups, sometimes just five brothers around a table. And again, at the forums, there's no decisions that are made, but then those thoughts can be brought together uh, from the many groups that would be discussing. It's always an encouragement when we see a consistency there. Those thoughts are then often shared at a, at a special day for discussion, again, with no decision being made. And then as it becomes more refined, it can go to our general meeting where decisions or voting can happen if needed. And then if it's information that needs to be shared from there, it can go out to the memorandum to be shared to the churches. And I've just appreciated the safety and the thoroughness of topics that can be sensitive, that can be filtered through these various avenues before they are shared with the churches. Well said, Dan. Thanks for clarifying that. You know, as you and I've known each other for quite a few years, and as we've talked recently about this particular podcast, I think you mentioned that you've been an elder for 21 years, maybe 43 conferences, if I'm not mistaken. How has the conference changed over those years? And also, you're currently uh, one of those five brothers on the elder committee. How is a conference different as an elder committee member? It's a good question. Good questions. Um, at times, I wonder if the conferences have changed or maybe it's just I that have changed. But one thing is I think about that question, one thing that just comes to the top right away is our, our openness and respect that we have for each other that has developed through the years, as well as our concern for each other's congregations. There's a, a genuine mutual concern, not just 
to go to these meetings and to glean information for ourselves, but also a concern for each brother, the wellness of each brother and their families, as well as their congregations. I believe that the opportunity we have had at the forums, if I'm not mistaken, it's about the past 10 years or so, being able to meet in smaller groups with a little less formal atmosphere, it's allowed us to get to know each other better. It'll, it has allowed us to develop relationships uh, that couldn't be developed as we just met with a large group years ago, and also to be vulnerable with each other. And through this, there's been a, a building of understanding and, and trust. From an elder committee perspective, it, it does add an extra day of meeting prior to each conference where we would work with the secretary on the agenda, as well as requested meeting times with any of the other uh, elder brothers that would need to come and share questions or have things that need to be presented at the general meeting. But a huge benefit uh, of being on the elder committee is being able to face and see all of the other brothers during the meeting, to be able to see the faces. You know, they say that the face, the face tells the story. But there are times when we see smiles, we see expressions, we see tears that wouldn't otherwise be recognized. And to me, that has, even though we're somewhat on display, uh, it's been a blessing to be able to observe the body during our meetings. Lucas, this was your third conference, so it's probably still pretty new to you. How is it different from what you've perceived or what has stood out to you that you may not have been aware of? Yeah, it is still pretty new to me. Um, and I guess, you know, when you mentioned 21 years, a number of conferences and even being on the committee, I think it's that's one of the things I've really appreciated. I've always respected and appreciated the work that the elders have done. And I, like many, you know, haven't even been aware of all of the days that you would spend uh, in meetings. And I love that expression of being able to see when we see each other and the, the relationships that are built. That's one of the things that's really stood out to me is the openness, um, the transparency and in, in conversation, the trust that you really sense in the love among the brothers to each other. One of the things that has really been a particular blessing for me is the unity that I sense and the desire for that, that being bound together, um, that we read about in Ephesians 4. The conversations, the discussions, however complex they are, really are focused on trying to understand what does the Bible say, using that as our source of, of truth and helping set direction. Uh, as well as the trust on the Holy Spirit to lead our conversations. Another one, it, it, you mentioned the the openness. I think that that's really been beautiful for me to see just how open the brothers are. And, and they're open about sharing differences of perspective. And I think that that's really beautiful. One, it demonstrates that level of trust and love and mutual respect that you mentioned but I think it also helps us understand better the various congregations and they're different. It helps us understand. It helps us to really respect and grow in our love for, for each other by having those open and honest discussions. One of the other things that 
I really love is there'll be times, you know, as well as I do, Dan, that when we're discussing a particular situation that is sensitive, where certainly our, our, our hearts are tender toward that one of the brothers will request the microphone and suggest that we have a prayer or one of your brothers on the elder committee will call on a brother to have a prayer about a particular topic in the middle of the conference and to just pour our hearts out to God requesting his direction and and the leading of the Holy Spirit and clarity as we process through a particular topic has been a, a really neat example of being instant in prayer that I've I've observed and I love that. And then finally, probably one of the most surprising things and, and one of the most enjoyable things that I didn't expect was just to see how the group shares laughter as well. You mentioned being able to see a smile or certainly tears, and I've seen the tears, but also to share that there are times that we can laugh together at a particular comment that's made, a particular, you know, humble expression uh, with a with a smile that in among the many serious and, and important topics that we discuss, there are times of just sharing joy with one another. And I do see that. I see a joy in in the brothers in, in serving. I see a very clear and sense of very a clear love for the church and for each other and a in a true desire to lead the church in a God honoring way. And it's really been a blessing for me early in in my term as as an elder to be able to serve alongside each one of you brothers. One thing that I feel is very important to emphasize through these meetings and even through the overall structure of the meetings is as we've shared at the beginning, the need for prayers, the prayers of the church. We rely on that as we meet together because we need God's presence through his Holy Spirit. We have a lot of mechanics that we work through for these meetings, but without the presence of the Holy Spirit, our labors would be in vain, as the Word teaches us. As we make decisions, and sometimes they're, they're very heavy decisions, we recognize that there are, are individuals that may be impacted by these. But the need to go to the Word often, um, I believe each brother, uh, to my recognition, has his Bible in front of him and opened, whether it's a book or on his tablet, that is ready for counsel. Often as questions are raised, we ask the questions, where can we go to scripture to validate that? Yeah, Dan, thanks for sharing that. I agree. There's a clear focus on what does the word say throughout all of our meetings, which is both comforting as well as clarifying. We were reminded at this last conference of some of the dynamics that play a part in our elder conferences that would impact us personally. So there would be a, a travel day, some coming from a long distance. There are late night meetings, unfamiliar beds. It can be early morning meetings, along with a lot of sitting within a, a pretty defined space. But this, along with the weight of seriousness of some of our deliberations and decisions, can make for a, a full week. And personally, these meetings can be somewhat tiring and sometimes stressful. And I am usually challenged as I see and hear how the other elders are functioning with their congregations 
and how they are handling different things. But I have always left the week encouraged from the building of relationships, the spending of the time with others who have a heart to serve, and those that we can relate to in, in a very unique way. A couple of verses come to my mind, one in John, where Jesus said to his servants, he said, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but he said, I have called you friends. And I've been blessed through the years of developing friendships along with the brothers that have just been a huge blessing to me. And then in closing, as I think of what uh, goes on at conference and as we as we counsel together, I would go to Proverbs where it says that iron sharpens iron and so a man sharpeneth the countenance of a friend. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your interest and also welcome your comments. To share your feedback or episode ideas, go to the settings menu in AC Central, select user feedback, and when the webpage opens, click the feedback on Around the Table link. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.